right. That's right. Um, I uh, posted the songs after the uh, last night's episode. That's why. Uh, Chinese class today. Lots of writing. Cold, cold, cold. Not much going on. I don't mind because I'm not even sure if I have appropriate clothes to be outside, to tell you the truth. Folks, it's Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. I'm Steven Sirsky. Hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, it's it's gotten cold in Beijing, which for the rest of you in the he- Northern Hemisphere, you're kind of like, yeah, it's, it's cold. <laughs> it's been cold for a while. What's, what's news about this, Steve? And to that, I respond going, well, Beijing doesn't really get that cold all the time. I mean, minus 14, uh, actually, um, my socials were reminding me of what it was like at this time last year. And it was snow on the ground at this at this time last year. We had uh, either now or just sometime around here, and then leading up to the Winter Olympics last year, um, we we actually got a decent amount of snow that actually stuck. And I remember that because we could actually make snowmen, uh, snow people, snowmen, snow snowmen uh, last year, which uh, uh, also stayed around for a lot longer than uh, the snow did. This year, I mean, there's slow, There's a little bit left, uh, but there's not too much left on the ground right now, uh, as most of it's melted. Actually, sorry, no, it's not. Hasn't melted. It's dissipated because the wind has been brutal, and that's been sapping the moisture from everywhere. So it just takes it away. Uh, which I, I was. I, I don't think I ever really appreciated how wind dries things so quickly. And it, you might go, well, Steve, come on. I mean, you, you should know this, right? Uh, you worked on farms. And actually, that's part part of the reason where I, I learned it was that, that uh, farmers have to be careful uh, or have to be aware of the wind and the moisture content of their soil. So if they start seeding uh, when it's too windy, it's just there's not enough moisture for the seeds to, uh, to, to take hold. And it can, you know, lead to uh, a less yielding crop. Likewise, here in Beijing, actually, I noticed this with uh, spit on the ground, which might sound very gross, very, very odd for me to say, but it was one of these things because there's one thing to, to spit on grass, disappears, and okay, then you spit on cement, you're kind of like, well, people are walking there, right? I mean, and maybe it could sort of dissipate over the ground or something, you know, all these sorts of thoughts. But then when you have a, a lot of places covered in plastic, like I used to work at a university, and they had these these um, these tracks, right? The track and field, basically, right? Where it was astroturf, and then there was uh, like a a plast a rubber track around the ring, right? Um, around the whole circle, around the whole yard. You're going how? And you see this detritus on the ground. You're going, what? Well, this is it's not natural. It can't absorb. It can't go anywhere. Nowhere. Nothing. And it, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people walking around, a lot of students and everything. But um, that's when I realized that with the wind whipping across these flat areas, it can demoisturize places. Yeah, so, so you know how like the was it um, Slumdog Millionaire? Like how he knows all the answers because of these odd stories. That's my odd story, or at least one of them, I should say. Chinese characters are another, but you know how the wind demoisturizes. Uh, land, um, I learned from spit on the ground and working on farmers. <laughs> working on farms, not working on farmers. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, well, I mean, even because in, in Beijing, it's so dry all the time, and I've never really, uh, I guess, one of the things when they say, uh, they say it's a dry cold, like, I, I, you hear this quite a bit, a dry cold, and Beijing takes the cake on that one. And I was outside again today going, was it yesterday or a couple days ago, I was uh, uh, thinking, you know, yeah, we might go up to Harbin to see the Snow and Ice Festival or whatever, and uh, the, it was like out there this morning, I'm going, I don't think I have enough clothes to go up there. I'm, I'm doing an inventory of all the different layers that I have to bring and just how, how much clothing I would have to wear all the time in order to leave uh, the hotel, right? And here it's like I'm, out, I'm outside for an hour at a time and then back in sort of thing not out for three, four, six hours all day sort of thing. So, I don't know. It also doesn't really look like, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it out this year. I wouldn't mind, uh, but I've, I think, kind of sillily signed up for work on February 4th, which is sort of, I think the uh, Snow and Ice Festival goes until the end of February. Um, there wouldn't be much point in going right now because it would be kind of busy. Since it's spring festival, you'd probably want to go like next week or something when everyone's back to work. When I'm back to work, that's when you want to go. Um, but uh, goes until the end of February. And now that uh, I guess, although there was some news saying that there were the Beijing Temple Fairs were on, as I was saying yesterday, it doesn't look like they're actually on. There, there's some places with a token um, representation of a Miao Hui or a, a Temple Fair, but. Uh, the, the, the genuine ones that used to take place prior to the, the virus taking us all over, before us taking a stand against the virus. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it's it's uh, the, the what they used to be anyway. Uh, there are some that are far away, but I, I again, if you're going to go that far, you may as well go to Harbin. <laughs> How is that? You go to Harbin and see a, a temple fair there, I guess. You can do it all in one. Uh, but the temple fairs end on... Is it Thursday or Friday? One of these. They're not open for very long. It's only a week. It's a spring festival thing. That's it. And, and I guess it's meant to sort of draw people into the parks and that's it. And uh, maybe while they're paying homage to the, the deities and the, the temples or whatever. But that doesn't really go on too much anymore right now. Uh, so, yeah. But one week and then one and done. One week and done. So, I don't know if I'm going to make it out there today. I was I get busy. Uh, it was actually today was actually my like my first full day off because like yesterday I had a podcast recording, um, and then it was also workout day. And workout days actually kind of make things a little bit more like although I I I, I do enjoy working out, I enjoy moving around and stuff like that. Um, the simple matter is it's work. Like it, it's another form of work because you got to even if you don't want to do it, you got to show up if you want to you know. Eat that bag of chips after if you want to have that, those chocolates. If you want to uh, have even the non-alcoholic beer, which still has calories, okay? It's still, it's, it might not have alcohol that your body needs to break down, or at least not much of it. It does have calories, carbs, right? So um, it's, you know, it just means that Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, as much as they are, they can be days off, you're always sort of thinking of like, is it going to be one workout or two? And I know some people would say, well, what do you mean there's even a question? Of course, it's three. <laughs> no, no. So we'll see, actually. And given that it's so cold, 
Um, actually, yesterday I was sniffling, right? And I was kind of thinking about this and going, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if it's allergies. And anybody who was listening who was like, smog? What? What's smog? It was clear days yesterday. It was, it was a little bit smoggy sometime over the weekend. Um, it must have been like uh, Sunday night as well. Uh, just a little bit, um, not altogether bad, of course. But I was thinking like, part of it might have been that I was running outside and that maybe... I'm reacting to the cold, not not allergic to the cold, but like, you know, the fact that maybe could have picked up something just for a little while or whatever. You get the sniffles after you go outside for you get chilled or something like that. Um, although I didn't feel cold uh, yesterday, so not very cold anyway. We'll see tomorrow whether or not I do the, the skipping balls workout like the medicine ball workout, if I even run the four miles. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Like I, I was talking about those... Um, like how my my running has actually improved. I've shortened the duration of how long it takes, and the reason one one reason I've started running four miles. I did it on Friday. I did it uh, yesterday, four miles at once. So it's about six point three kilometers or so, um, and I'm I'm hitting nine minutes thirty per mile now, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a major strain. And I mentioned before that the sort of these hip flexor workouts that I was doing, where I'm wearing these ankle weights, and I'm you know lifting my legs up uh and apparently Usain Bolt did this as well uh to to help him uh, take the the world title in the 100 meter is it 100 meter dash I guess he did and I was thinking about this one wow I mean if I could keep on doing that maybe there's sort of a limit to how much uh faster you can go using that type of um you know, workout but do I do I stop running outside because it's cold, or do I just run faster? Run in between the cold, like isn't that what you're told with the rain? Run in between the raindrops, run in between the cold, run so fast that it's not cold anymore. Uh, well, yeah, it's not the at the end of the run; it's at the beginning of the run when it's really cold. That's the part I hate, right? And probably the most uh, challenging part to actually uh, mentally break your way through the barrier of going out to go for a run but yeah so I've started four miles and uh if I could keep that up if I was able to actually get down thinking hmm um nine minutes per mile if I could do that then that would mean four miles would take what 36 minutes total which is a whole nine minutes shorter than it was taking me last year at the same time, like for four miles. Uh, now, granted, I, I don't. I only started running more four miles now. Um, it used to take me eleven minutes per mile, and I think like maybe even ten and a half minutes per mile at least a year ago. I haven't really done the comparison to tell you the truth. So uh, I'm sort of pulling numbers out all that I can re- that I remember it being, because um, back then I was also running two days rather than just four miles all at once, which I've noticed. For those of you who are runners or long distance anythingers, it's a mind game, isn't it? It's a mental game. It's not so much physical. You can you can lock in your trot. You can jog. You can sprint and then jog and then walk a little bit, but maybe not walk, but like speed walk or speed shuffle, speed jog shuffle long, um, and uh, be able to sort of physically do it. But it's the mental sort of game where you kind of go. I have a th- I'm thinking of other things I got to get done. You know, I want to go do other things and I don't want to be wasting my time or using my time or spending my time um running 
uh, doing laundry, stretching, warming up again, you know, uh, showering. Easy solution. Don't shower. Don't wash your clothes. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, you could take them off. You don't have to wash them right away, do you? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I I like to. I, I throw them right in the washing machine and uh, get them done anyway. Um, anyway, so it's a mind game. It's a mental game. Um, some of you may be familiar with the 4x4x48. Four by four by now, David Goggins, this is the David Goggins challenge. It's 4x4x48. Four by four by so what you do is you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours, starting on Friday night at 8 p.m. Now, this he hasn't announced this year's uh, edition yet. Last year he announced it in December, and I haven't seen anything um, be released by him just yet, so I'm not sure. I'm sure he's going to be doing it. It's just whether or not um, he'll be doing a big sort of production as he did last year, because last year he ran with different, in, for the daytime legs, he ran with different groups around uh, whatever state he's um, he is in right now, I, I actually I actually don't know. I'll tell you the truth, um, but I imagine it's it's going to go ahead. This is one of the reasons I've been starting to run four miles to get through that mental barrier. And oh, uh, I, I guess I sort of uh, missed something here. I don't often listen to music when I'm running, and there's a couple of reasons for this. Uh, number one, it's distracting in the sense that in order to make sure that my phone has the appropriate mp3 file on it requires me to think about downloading the appropriate podcast or mp3 file and putting it on my phone which require you can't do it through bluetooth because it takes too long you gotta use your your uh, uh usb cord which requires another little dongle and everything it just goes on and on and on and that's assuming that you have downloaded the mp3 number two since it's cold outside i gotta wear a toque or a, a cap basically and that means i have to put my earbuds underneath this thing and it presses in there so it's very very tight uh and uh it means that they're sort of locked in there once i'm all done up in my winter wear um so if the mp3 ends it just repeats and i gotta listen to the same thing so that's number that's number two problem slight problem number three is actually uh that's sort of ingrained in me from the the summer months is that even with a strap behind the neck so there's there's a string, there's a wire that connects the two headphones, I found that it catches on one side of my neck each and every time. And it it's distracting enough that you're kind of like, uh, you don't want your neck pulling. You're kind of wondering like, um, like what, what what's pulling? Is something caught or something? Uh, and it's just, it's an uncomfortable distraction. Not to mention that uh, given the fact that I work at home and I wear headsets most of the time, when I go run, I don't want anything in my ears anymore. It's like I don't even I don't like talking to people on the on the run or anything like that nothing. It's just just go. You know, it's that is like sort of the time to relax and by relax I mean run <laughs> to not I can't even say I'm really uh focused on my thoughts. I'm more focused on the anatomy of running of doing the appro- not even the the pace more the foots, the foots, the feet, the footsteps. I was going to say footsteps, and I didn't finish the word. So, uh, like the how my feet are moving, how my legs are moving. Um, I'm also paying attention to when it reads out the mile and where the where the miles are marked. I know where they are. Uh, where generally where they're marked. Um, the thing is, though, I want to know how fast I'm going because what I've started doing for the last little while is that I don't run in the same fashion throughout. 
uh, my compound because it's sort of it's round like, rounded like a track, but not really sort of thing. So on the ends of the track, I'll run on my midfoot, but on the straightaways, I'll use more of my heel. But I'm not pounding on my heel. I'm sort of rolling onto and off of my heel, which sounds odd. But if you try this, rather than pounding your your heel in, and you sort of look to reach your heel forward and then roll onto it and then lift off with the tip of your foot, what happens, you'll feel it a lot more in your hip flexors. And I have noticed that when I run like that, when I run with heels down first, rolling heels, I'm able to complete a faster mile than if I just ran on the midfoot the entire time. Not to mention, I'm able to keep my body a lot more balanced. Uh, while running with the rolling heel rather than on the midfoot. The midfoot is good if I'm running with, um, well, even with the weighted vest, which I haven't done in a while, uh, because that that way if I'm running on the midfoot, then my muscles are taking more of the, the beating. But even still, with the weighted vest, that's more like I'm almost gliding my foot along the ground and then rolling onto the heel and rolling off again. So I'm not, I'm not pounding. I'm not, if I were to run faster with the weighted vest, it's on my midfoot. I would not do it on my heels, that's for sure. I have some other evidence for this. There's a lady out here. She, I haven't seen her running lately. I assume that she has the money for a gym and knows a place with a treadmill. Maybe she has a treadmill. But she runs like 10 miles a morning, basically. And I see how she runs. And she runs on her heels as well. She doesn't run midfoot. Uh, so anyway, it's <laughs> my observation of the running. And I hope that helps if you uh, run at all. If you don't, um, well, good on you. Uh, I don't know. For me, the reason I do running, even though it's cold outside, is because it's cheap. Like I have the clothes. I have all the, the necessary equipment to go for a run. I don't need to really think of it very much. Uh, all I need to really do is actually just put on my shoes, stop being a little whiny baby and go for a run basically all right well chinese class oh yes okay so today tuesday is my chinese writing class and uh, i was uh, again with this this uh, teacher uh she took a look at my so last week she ripped apart my paragraph that i wrote for the hsk practice test book and she's like yeah we gotta we gotta rework this uh and i also sent her a another paragraph from my textbook uh that i wrote no sorry so no it was from the hsk book right sorry so she sent that she ripped it apart she's like okay you get you gotta try that again all right done so i sent that in today and lo and behold she actually said it wasn't bad <laughs> there was like maybe two major corrections uh and we're not talking like this was fantastic poetry or prose here i mean this was rough as ever but Grammatically speaking, intelligibility speaking, coherence, cohesion, vocabulary, grammatical use. If you are an examiner, invigilator of this test, a marker of this test, you'd have to say, well, technically, it's right. There might be one or two mistakes, but it reads and you can read for clarity. It does cause some strain on the reader, meaning that when someone's reading, they're kind of going, huh, interesting way to put it. 
that's not how normal people would say it. And by normal people, I mean the majority of people who've used the language since birth or have acquired it over time. Um, and so that that's a that's actually a big sort of part of standardized testing is the strain on the listener and the strain on the reader. We've all had we all see a lot of a lot of times. This is why newspaper articles are written in the active. If they're written in the passive, it just requires you a little bit more energy to read it. Same with like. If um, the register is wrong, if someone, usually this happens in ESL, if someone's trying to really flex their vocabulary muscles and they're using these really fancy words, uh, rather than using words that are sort of more, they're, they're smaller, more simple, uh, but they convey the, the same meaning in a lot more of a conversational style, not using contractions, but uh, still the academic register, it just takes longer. And you sit there going, why is this person writing with all these large amounts of syllable words? Likewise, with this essay. This, it was only 115 characters I wrote. And I wrote it on computer, which made it partially easier and a lot more legible. The other one I wrote by hand. So next week I told my teacher, okay, I'm going to write them by hand. We'll see how much it is. Now, one thing I do have to get into, uh, I get into the habit of doing, is writing a journal in Chinese every day so not only do I practice the handwriting of it all but I practice the automaticity so it's got to be automatic in terms of it's these words it's these characters that's what they are like when you're saying na jong like what type what type of na is it what type of jong right certainly you Chinese learners out there you probably know you could see the characters in your mind but can you write them can you write them? And can you write them correctly? Right? Because again, you miss a radical, it changes the meaning of the word. Na is a very good example of that. Na, like as in nabiar, or is it na as in which? Which one is which? I'll let you find that one out. So it's pretty good. Um, next week, I have to do 20 sentences for chapter or unit 21. Uh, vocab uh, words 1 to 20. And then I have to write another 100-character essay, which is at the end of chapter 21. So <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned this before. I've gone through these textbooks two or three times already. This, is, this would be the third time I'm going through those textbooks. The first time I just read all the stories. The second time I've gone through uh, the grammar and the fill-in-the-blanks and stuff like that. This is the third time I'm going through them doing the writing sections of these things. So I haven't, I haven't really done these things before. This is, uh, talk about beating a dead horse. Talking about beating a dead textbook because this thing, they're not even using it anymore. <laughs> they changed the whole system in the time it took me to finish it. Wow, how, how, sla how slow are you, boomer? <laughs> okay, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, show notes and tracks up on my website, stephenstrzewski.com. Hope you're doing well. Uh, thanks for listening once again. And if your studies are, uh, well, I hope your studies are going along. And if you're just taking a break, some time off, that's okay as well. You do need time to repair that brain, um, to give it some rest. You'd be surprised at how much you remember. Uh, but uh, be sure that you do get back to it if, well, I mean, not if, get back to it anyway. What else are you going to do with your time? Righto? Okay, folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.